GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I'm LPJ, and I am joined by my ride or die hovercraft show. What's, what's up, LPJ? Uh, I like I like that intro. It's one one of my favorites thus far that you've given me. So it's because it wasn't a flat out insult. Yeah, I mean, basically, anytime you don't refer to me as your guest, I I, I take it as a compliment. So <laughs> well, that's that's fair. Uh, and uh, joining us, we have a special guest, the the Eva Mendez of our group, uh, <laughs> Jody. Hey, LPJ. Uh, hey, uh, guest Joe. <laughs> why? Why? Why isn't he the ludicrous of our group? I don't know. He's too pretty. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Post those photos online. Yeah, you better that snapshot, Joe. Um, maybe I already did. Um, so uh, we're here. We're continuing the uh, year of the sequel. Uh, so we had to bring uh, Jody back to talk about 2003's Too Fast, Too Furious. The second entry in what is now the Fast and Furious saga. Um, this movie was released on June 6, 2003. And Jody, what, what's your kind of history with Too Fast, Too Furious? I guess my idea is we saw the first one. We loved the first one. So on June 6, we saw Too Fast, Too Furious. That would be my guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think you're probably right. Like, I, I'm sure I don't have a vivid memory of seeing this in the theater, but I'm sure we did. Um, this is one of those movies where I, and we're obviously going to talk about it more, but like, I feel like it's not, it's not, it falls into a weird thing where it's not as good as I remember it being, but it's also not as bad as I remember it being, if that makes any sense. Like, it's like a really weird thing. Like, I can't quite put it in a box. But we'll, we'll get into it. Well, okay. Yeah. Um. For whatever reason, I don't know exactly why it was. I've never seen this movie all the way through before. I didn't go <laughs> of to the theater. You haven't. I didn't go to the theater <laughs> to see it with you guys for whatever reason. I don't know what was going on in 2003 that I was so opposed to seeing this. But for whatever reason, like, and the parts that I saw of this movie were were scant. Like. I had not seen much of this movie. I think I caught the last half an hour one time. And other than that, everything was new to me, which is bizarre <laughs> for that. Cause I've seen, you know, every you other. Seen the third one? Well, I did, saw most of the third one, but that's another thing. I've never seen all the third one. And I went to go and try and watch it. Like after I watched this one and I just couldn't get into it. I don't know what my problem was. I don't know if I was just not in the right headspace, but like I tried to watch Tokyo drift and I just, couldn't do it for well, that, whatever reason. Well, you better finish it by next week. <laughs> for next week's episode, right? <laughs> right. When this switches well, to the last Fast and Furious podcast. <laughs> um, 
The Last okay. and Furious oh. podcast. There it is. The Last and Furious podcast. We found it, folks. Episode we done. did it. We did it. We did it. It's you all over it. now. Enough We're the chops. Last and Let's Furious. go. Enough jobs. You did it. Congrats. I did it. I did it. Um, okay. So, uh, budget on this movie is $76 million. Uh, it had a domestic gross of $127 million. And it had a worldwide gross of $236 million. So... Here's what's crazy. I was looking at, I was looking at the box office for all of the movies in the franchise, looking at domestic versus international, and like, the first movie did really well here, didn't do great overseas. Second movie, really well here, a little bit better overseas. Third movie, didn't do great here, did bananas overseas, <laughs> and every movie after that has done like four times the sales overseas than it does here now. Well, I, I feel like as the franchise goes on, they start introducing more and more international elements, like and with like actors and plots and stuff like that that are gonna draw in. I mean, it's a smart move. Oh, totally. But like, I mean, but I mean, I mean I, that DVD uh, thieves would become international spies. So <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole another conversation. We might have to do a uh, a uh, um, post credit scene post-credit just scene. about. The Fast and Furious franchise and how bananas it becomes. That's not a terrible idea. Um, so here's where some of the, uh, the the numbers get interesting, if you will. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes on this, thirty six percent. That sounds right. And then this this sounds about right too. Uh, audience score, fifty percent. Yeah, so, that's fair. Um, okay, so top grossing movies of two thousand three. Uh, number one is the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Uh, number two is Finding Nemo. And number three is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, this movie, Too Fast, Too Furious, came in 15th for the year. Uh, other movies that we have covered from 2003 are number six, X2. Number 35, Freddy vs. Jason. And number 63, The Rundown. Another one that... Uh, no, I guess Jimmy wasn't on that. I was not on the rundown. He was there when we recorded it, so I thought he was. Um, now, <laughs> the director on this is something that always kind of fascinates me in a, in a certain way, because I, I always forget. It was directed by John Singleton. R.I.P. John Singleton. Yeah. But So, like, the director of Boys in the Hood. Yeah. And, and this. Right? Yeah. He direct, I mean, obviously he's directed a lot of things, but, you know, he's primarily known for directing Boys in the Hood. Um, and uh, and he was nominated for an Academy Award for it. But for whatever reason, like, there was an interview uh, with him where he talked about how he really loved the first movie. And he just kind of, like, connected to the vibe of the first movie and the L.A. street racing scene, which is what he grew up in, apparently. Um, okay. And so he when he had the chance to, when he was offered this, he jumped at it. Like it was something he actively sought out to, uh, to direct because he loved the, the first movie so much. Yeah. And you know, like I was like, Oh, I can't believe he directed this, but like he also directed the, the Shaft movie with Samuel L. Jackson. So it's not like he's an art house filmmaker or anything, you know? Yeah. Right. That's, so, that's fair. He did baby boy with Tyrese. Yeah. yeah and yeah. for, Four brothers, uh, yeah. so I remember that. But um, 
so yeah so it, but it's just a weird thing because it's like it's not you watch this movie and you wouldn't expect that like i totally forgot until like the credits and i was like oh yeah <laughs> it's just a weird little thing um so the screenplay on this is michael brandt and Derek haas based on the characters by gary scott thompson who I think, if I remember correctly, is who wrote the original film. Yeah, he wrote the original, created all the characters, and then acts as a uh, producer for uh, all of the films since. Okay. And then the score, the composer, is David Arnold, which is, like, fine, but uh, I think we want to actually talk about some other music featured in it, right? We do. I mean, we should probably mention that David Arnold wrote the screen, wrote the score for a lot of the James Bond films, and for like Independence Day and Godzilla and Stargate and um, like he's a he's a well known yeah well known, I mean he's uh, done he's done a lot of stuff yeah composer but this soundtrack I don't even know where he is in this like <laughs> who cares about this because the other soundtrack the actual songs that are in this are all great and which one do you want to start with. Should we start with Should we start with Pump It Up, or do you want to start with the uh, the Ludicrous song uh, "Act a Fool"? Uh, let's go with "Act a Fool." All right, "Act a Fool." This is Ludicrous. Ludicrous is in this movie, uh, and we'll talk about why he's in this movie in a little bit. Uh, but he contributes basically the title track, without it being a title track, for the film called "Act a Fool." Here we go. <laughs> So there, there it is. Um, I like whenever somebody says "Too Fast, Too Furious." This is what I think about. This is the first thing I think about is this song. See, that's weird because I think about the next song we're gonna play. That's the one that pops in my mind when I think about the soundtrack for this. Also, I think it was in a Madden game, so maybe that's why I remember. I feel the only thing Nuff or LPJ saw of this movie was the ludicrous video, probably. That's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. Because it reminds me of two things. Obviously, it reminds me of Too Fast, of Too Fast, Too Furious, but it also reminds me of Twisted Metal a little bit, the video. <laughs> it's real strange. It's an ice cream truck, a bunch of big cars, people driving around. It's a whole thing. Anyway, so this is uh, Pump It Up. Uh, who is this? Joe Budden. Here we go. Pump it up, you can't get it drunk with a day, but you get it drunk, you can't get it on. Four to five, open your bank, can get it on. Roll up like that, fight, can get it on. Like to fit it on, can't you get it on? Hold up, you won't work 
that, twerk that nope. Let me in, let me hurt that, murk that Say you gotta hurt back Can't spit it out, boo, you gotta flirt that Me and cut a rap, we doing it wasn't worth that So we ain't responsible for bringing dirt back Back up. She has the boss style and she throwing it up. She drank a little hip, no throwing it up. But I'm only dealing with freaks that wanna cut mine. If you agree, it once and try to get it played late night on BT Uncut. Mm. All right, there you go, pump it up. So um, <laughs> I forgot that song was in this because I hadn't really seen it before. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. This is another song that's really synonymous with this film. Uh, played during the credits, like during the weird CGI race car. Yeah. <laughs> go on for like a long time. They really do. Like they spent a lot of money on those credits. It's like the end of the new Marvel shows on Disney Plus. That's true. <laughs> those credits are long. Um, all right. So let's let's talk about the cast of this. Yeah. Um, okay. So obviously we have uh, the uh, RIP Paul Walker returning as Brian O'Connor. Yep. Uh, we have Tyrese as Roman Pierce. Uh, you have Eva Mendez playing Monica Fuentes. Um, Cole Hauser uh, as Carter Verone. Uh, we talked about Ludacris already. He plays Tej. Um, and then I always forget this one. I was like, ooh, Dexter's dad's in this movie. James Remar yep. um, is Agent, Agent Markham. I always, think of, I, I always think of him as Low Rent Raiden from... Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> uh, and then I guess the only other one that I'll mention, I'm sure you'll have someone else, is uh, Devin Aoki as Suki. Yep. Um, I actually don't really have anyone else I want to mention in this. There's really nobody else of real note or... Like, I don't even have something wild off and off the wall to mention about any of the cast that's left. I feel like I recognize that guy that played the like the dirty detective guy. Like um it says his name is Mark Boone Jr. I don't know. He looked familiar to me, but maybe he just looks like somebody he else. Was, oh. He was he's in a lot of different things. He's in like um he was in Batman Begins. He is uh he's not bold. Oh he, he's like the crooked partner of uh Gordon. The yeah, guy he's like the crooked partner. He's the uh he's the guy that Batman says to swear to me. Uh, yeah. okay. That that's what I recognize him from. They had a guy from Prison Break in it. No one they cares. Did, yep. What if I tell you his name was Orange Julius in the movie? His <laughs> name was Orange Julius, which is bananas. And another one of the drivers at the beginning his name was Slapjack. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, yep. fair enough. Um, okay, let's do some uh, net worths real quick. All right, you guys ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, James Remar. Uh, so we're gonna start with. What do you think about James Remar? Oh man, he's got that sweet black lightning money. Uh, <laughs> let's see, James Remar. I'm gonna go eight million. Six million. Six million. It's uh, five million dollars for okay. James Remar. So I guess he doesn't have that uh, much black lightning money. Next, uh, we got Devin Aoki. She's got that sweet, sweet Sin City money. I feel like she's been doing things for a very long time and it's been consistently like modeling and working. So I'm going to say, I'll say 15 million. She has some, maybe her dad left her some of his sweet starting Benny Hanna money. So I'm going to say 20 million. You know what guys? $30 million for Devin Aoki. She's, 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 it's that Benny Hanna money. I, 
I swear, Mariana Rivera is putting him in business. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't. I mean, like, that's the most. I'm sorry, I know this is a little off topic, but it's like, if, whatever, before every game before he pitched, like, he had Benny on him. It's like, he's a closer. He didn't know if he was going to be in the game. Anyways, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Ludacris. What do you guys think for Ludacris? I bet Ludacris is doing real well for himself. He seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't uh, piss away all his money. Uh, does he? He does, yeah. I'm going to say... I, go ahead, Jody. I'll let you go first. Oh, I'm going to say $90 million. I just watched uh, a show with him called Luda Can't Cook. He has multiple restaurants. So I'm going to say about $90 million. Plus he has all that sweet Fred Claus money. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to up it. I'm going to say 110 Well, you know what? His restaurants must not be successful because he only has $25 million. <laughs> wow. Never mind. Yeah, he's doing. One was called Burgers and Beer. I feel. I feel like you are. I feel like you're being generous, saying he doesn't spend his money like crazy. I bet you he does. Um, Maybe he does. Maybe he does. I don't know. Okay. What do you guys? Next up, we got Cole Hauser. What do you think? He's got that sweet, sweet Yellowstone money. Wow, he's got that sweet. I have no idea what else he spent in money. Um, Goodwill Hunting. Was he? I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, I pass to Jody. I'm going to say $4 million because he has that breakup money. Jen Anderson and uh, Vince Vaughn. $4 million. <laughs> Jody was prepared for this unofficial wow. segment. Cole so. Hauser super fans. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll say $3 million. $7 million for Cole Hauser. All right. Uh, what do you guys think for Tyrese? Tyrese oh, Gibson. Um, he's got that Transformers money. Uh, let's say he's got that baby boy money. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, I'll say I'll say fifteen million. I was gonna okay. say sixteen million. I don't have any. No, I don't think he got a lot of money from this. But his first appearance was in Hangover with Mister Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any. So I'm gonna go sixteen million. Uh, it's actually only $3 million for Tyrese. So, so someone who's not spending his money wisely. Man. Uh, and then finally, uh, Eva Mendez. What do you guys think for, uh, Eva Mendez? She got that sweet being hot money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I'll say 20 million. Okay. Do you think she gets money every time they show Hitch down at the jury duty in Detroit? Because it's <laughs> daily. If so, I'm going to say like $700 million, but I think I'll go moderate $30 million. Uh, It's $20 million, so good job, yeah, LBJ. Can I... Even men that super fan. Go ahead. Can I ask you guys a net worth that has nothing to do with this movie, but I found out today and I thought it was fascinating? Sure. Jimmy Buffett. What do you guys think Jimmy Buffett's net worth is? What? All right. Just what do you think it is? $670 million. Uh He's got those restaurants... He's got records. He has resorts. 120. $600 million is oh, what he's worth. Oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. like. It's, that's how like many million that is because of your dad, Joe? <laughs> Not that many, but that's wild. Oh. I just. I, I happened to look it up today for somebody else, and I'm like, I got to share this because it's insane. But, um, okay. Taglines. You guys ready for these taglines? <laughs> yes. They're amazing. They're, they're pretty great. Okay. 
Tagline. First one. How fast do you want it? Okay. Next one. Rapid fire. Too cool. That's one of them. These are all separate taglines. Too cool. Too bold. Too sexy. Too tough. That one's my favorite one. <laughs> too tough. Uh, then we also have how fast do you like it? <laughs> um, the new models are in. And cross the line one more time. I remember that one. Yeah. But then, I, then they crossed the line a lot more times after it. So, uh, <laughs> so since we're talking about the cast, I do want to talk about a couple things. So, obviously, a glaring omission, Vin Diesel, not in this film. Uh, Vin Diesel was offered $25 million to be in this film, which is crazy because that would have put the budget at, like, you know, maybe $100 million potentially. And um, he turned it down because he didn't like the script. And decided to go do... Um, yeah, do Triple X. Yeah, do Triple X. And um, what was the other? Chronicles of Riddick. That's what he decided to do instead. <laughs> Chronicles of Riddick and Triple X. Uh, so they had two scripts written, one with and one without him. Obviously, they went with one without him. And the other thing I saw is Ja Rule was going to be in this movie and reprise his role. And he's like, you know what? I'm too big for $500,000. That's what they offered him. Half a million dollars to be in this movie... In a in a relatively small part, like he would, it wouldn't have been Tej's part; it would have been a smaller part. And he turned it down because he was too big. So <laughs> I John Singleton, he was going to have the Tyrese part. I think that's what it would have been. I think it might have been, but I don't think it would have been as big as what that. I I thought it was is that like they offered him a part, and he wanted more of like a role that like the Tyrese was going to have. Like he wanted that big a part, and they're like, no. And then he turned it out. I thought that's what I saw, but oh, maybe I don't know. Either way, Either he's way, not in it, and you get Ludacris, and you know what? Ludacris is great in all of these films. Like I have no issues with Ludacris whatsoever. Well, so is Tyrese too. I mean, he becomes yeah. more and more like the comic relief in these. But sure, although, and I, it's I, had a convers- I had a conversation today with a friend of the podcast, former guest Corey, about this movie, and we pointed out how, like, in this movie. Ludacris runs a garage. That's it. He runs a garage and takes bets. He later becomes their IT guy. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, he shows no, like, like technical know-how in this movie. Like, it's just such a swerve for the character. When they bring him back, they're like, well, yeah, he's, like, really smart and good at the computers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I Obviously, will say the time, we don't know what he's doing in that time. They also show, like, his garage is like super high tech i mean they have very advanced auto diagnostic tools in there and all the guys that are in there seem to be like high-end professional mechanics um so he's obviously doing something more advanced but you're right taking down a uh a a, a, an ip like like a network doesn't exactly seem like it's in his wheelhouse (laughs) Also, like, I feel like I, I realize that they were two different versions of the script, but I feel like, like, the other version of the script is, like, basically the same. This is just in my mind. I'm just saying this out loud. But, like, yeah, I would have to imagine it's basically the same, except for when they're, like, I get to pick my partner. Like, he gets Vin Diesel, right? Like, that's the other version of this, don't you think? Or do you think it's radically different? I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe. Maybe it's similar. I, that would make sense. 
But then, you know, the part wouldn't necessarily have been. I guess obviously they would have rewritten it to make Vin Diesel kind of more of more on an equal footing uh, as uh, Paul Walker, because obviously Paul Walker is the star of this film. There's no two ways about it. Tyrese yeah. is a supporting role. So I think definitely events would have been changed around. But you're right. I mean, it makes sense that they would have picked, you know, that, that he would have picked Vin Diesel instead of Tyrese. Yeah. I mean, well, who knows? We'll never know unless they go. Well, I guess they can't go back and make a different version of this movie. So, ooh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they did. It was called Fast and Furious. <laughs> That's true, too. Um, all right. So are we ready to go through the plot on this? Or is there anything you want to bring up before we start talking through it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, I did, did either of you watch this on DVD? By chance? No, I own all of these digitally. Uh, I actually uh, watched it on HBO Max. I did too. I I did find out today that apparently there's a short film that connects the first and the second movie. I've I've actually seen that before. I've watched it on like YouTube, and it's about it's about Paul Walker traveling from like California to end of the first movie down to Miami and stuff. I've seen it before. Yeah. Oh, what? How long is it? It's not very long at all. It's just a couple minutes, I think. What happens? Uh, it's just like it's it's I don't even know if you call it like a movie. It's more like a deleted scene. It's more like just like footage of him traveling and I think he like is avoiding cops and stuff like that. I don't think it's I don't remember. I didn't watch it in preparation of this, but okay. it's not like I think they made another one which was like uh another short film. I think I made it so it's like bridge the gap of what like Toretto was up to in between the first and fourth one. I think that's more involved, but um anyways, so okay. So this movie starts off with a street race, which is, you know, not a normal thing in the Fast and Furious franchise these days, but in this one it is. And you know what's really funny is that I have a note right up front that says, man, there's a lot of neon in this movie. I read yeah. that they, did you see this? That they had to yeah. keep a, an expert on set at all time who knew how to, like, film neon just because they were using so much neon in the movie. And I'm like, man, can you imagine if that was your specialty? Like, I'm really good at putting neon on camera. That's craziness. So they're getting this big street street race together. They have three racers lined up. All of them are, I'm just going to say, they're all offensive stereotypes. Um, <laughs> they're, all, they're all pretty bad. Uh, the, the one is the, the main character, Devin Aokitsuki, who's kind of offensive. Um, there's a uh, Latino gentleman. And then there's the guy with the... Um, I don't know which one's slap. Maybe that's Slapjack. I don't know. They're all they're all pretty caricatured. Orange is the Latino one. Okay, so Slapjack's the other guy. Okay, so anyways, they the guy that's supposed to be in the race backs out, and they got to get someone else. And and Ludacris is like, "Hey, I know someone. Can I call anyone?" And they're like, "Yeah, whatever." So he calls up Paul Walker. Paul Walker shows up. I like when his car's going through the crowd and like shooting steam like yeah. out of the front of it to like to like get people out of the way. Okay, let me ask you something, guys, because I've seen this movie a couple times. And it comes back later in the movie, but I noticed that Paul Walker's nickname in this movie is Bullet, right? Like, like he gets called Bullet a couple of times. Multiple times. Like, he gets out of that car when he first gets there, and someone's like, I love you, Bullet! And I'm like, is his nickname Bullet? But later on, at, like, Tej's Garage, like, I think the, the one mechanic's like, what's up, Bullet? And I'm like, <laughs> why is this a good Bullet? Why well, is it never addressed? I, first of all, I don't know. I, I like I don't I don't remember that happening, but 
I mean, obviously, Bullet is a famous movie with a car chase in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if maybe that's what it's referring to. I guess it could be. He's a, he's a white guy that drives a car fast, so maybe. Yep. Um, but anyways, I also like when they, they seemingly, at the time, no, not even seemingly, because he ups the amount of money that they're going to be racing for. Yeah. And then they all just automatically have it, like, in a roll, like, the perfect amount that they just hand the ludicrous. I'm like, you just decided about how much you're going to race for. How did you have that already? I think one of the guys has to count it out. The rest are just like, boom, here you go. They have all the different roles for all the possible wagers set up. And how long after, like, at this point, how long has he been in Miami for him to have a new car like that and have developed this gigantic, like, reputation? Because he's essentially coming from obscurity in L.A. where nobody even knew who he was there. And now he's here and he's like the most feared racer in Miami. I would guess that we're supposed to believe it's more like, I mean, what the first movie come out in like 2001 yeah. and this is 2003. So I'd say we're supposed to believe it's maybe like a couple of years that okay. he's been down there. I think, I mean, they don't really address it, but that is a good point. So, um, yeah, Eva Mendez is there. We get our first Eva Mendez sighting. She's there in the crowd watching him. Um, so, so they decide they're going to have this, uh, this street race. Um, which by the way, there's so many people here to watch the street race, but like, don't you think, don't you How think the cops through? not know what's going on? Well, well, also, like, don't you think that going to a street race would be like the lamest thing ever? Like, you literally see the cars take off, and you're like, okay, like, and then they eventually. Roughly, how long back. do you think the street race race was? Because I think it was about five minutes of film time, and they were going between eighty and one hundred and twenty the entire time. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we blocked off ten miles of Miami. Oh yeah, so works, I right? mean, it's fast. It, it's like. The amount they drive is equivalent to, I don't know. The runway in that, what? Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, I was going to say, like, a lap around Belle Isle, like, for the the Detroit, uh, whatever it is, the Belle Isle race um, here in Michigan. I don't know. Great knowledge there. What what the hell hell do I know? Look, the cars don't have neon. I have no idea about them. Um, But, yeah, so, and that place is huge. Belle Isle is a literal island. That has a race full race course on it here in Michigan. That's where we're at. And um, they drive at least that much. It's it, Yeah. So they also, we should also say they jump over a drawbridge <laughs> because the street racer guys break into the control room with this draw, drawbridge. I love how they, that's like, that's like Tej's big surprise at the end is him almost murdering them. Like, Here's my surprise for you. I'm going to set up this trap where the drawbridge rides up and either you you lose the race or you attempt to make it. And if you don't make it, you're probably going to be dead. So good luck. I would argue that you they probably, don't, probably don't a good race up one side. So it just made a giant ramp. Oh, okay. But still. I don't think that they were like falling in. But that's not, that's not, you're right, but that's not how drawbridges work. I understand that. But my question is, <laughs> why does Suki drive over it and fuck her car up when <laughs> she's like minutes behind Brian. She's not even you, close to bullet. She's like, oh, I see what you're saying. You're like, why does she drive over it when she knows she can't win? I think just for the thrill of it. I don't know. She's just like, smack that ass with it's in the air. She does. Um, Did you? So, oh, go oh, ahead. I read that uh, at the end of that race, Brian like peels out and like swings 
like drives towards the crowd and like kind of like drifts a little bit. But that was actually Paul Walker driving because yeah. the thing I read said he loves street racing and is a really good driver. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't driving. He wasn't driving. He wasn't driving in that car that crashed. Someone else was driving his car. So yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but, that, but that's a thing. Like, um, <laughs> that's kind of like after he did the first movie, he really got into street racing and started collecting street racing cars and actually learned how to be a legitimate street racer. Apparently. I read he did pick out all the cars for this movie. That I and read. One of them was his. I well, read. I, and I read the opposite. I read that that's not true. That Universal picked out all the cars, but he had a say in like which ones they picked. But Universal also picked out the cars, and none of them were actually his. They were the um, like the stunt coordinator's cars or something. So well, I don't anyways, know. I, who knows. Well, if we're all saying stuff we read, I read that Devin Aoki didn't have her driver's license when they hired her to be in this movie, but that, not even like a permit, but then she got it for filming. So, yeah. Uh, any, anyways, uh, so uh, Brian wins the race. He gives Ludacris some of the money, you know, and he's like, that's respect or whatever. Uh, the cops show up. There's James Remar. I guess he's a custom agent, but not a cop. Um, he pulls out that fancy gun that shoots, <laughs> that shoots that thing that shuts down the electronics. And I love that I read it's like, yeah, that's not a real thing. Because <laughs> no. I have to be honest with you, I was, I was like, is that a thing? And then I was, it was like, no, that's not a thing. I just thought it would look cool, which it kind of does. It, does. it looks like one of two things. It either looks like the guts of an umbrella um, <laughs> or like 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 a, a drum cymbal stand turned upside down that they just like attached with an electrical cord. <laughs> Could be so. So they catch uh, they catch Brian. They bring him in. Uh, basically, the, they're the, and that the one guy, like the FBI guy, is from the first movie, right? Like, yeah, he is the head of the FBI, the LA branch that Paul Walker was assigned to. So customs and and this guy bring Brian in because they're they're trying to catch this guy uh, Carter Barone. That's who Cole Hauser plays. Uh, he's like a big drug dealer down in Miami. Uh, and they, they heard that he's looking for some drivers for, like, this important thing. So they want Brian. They're basically like, hey, you go undercover, help us bust Verone, and we'll clear your record because he's still, like, wanted by the cops. And so I, I do like when they're like, well, we're going to send you undercover with this guy, Dunn, <laughs> who's, like, James Freemeyer's buddy. And he's like, he asked him that question, or I can't remember what it is, but, like, the guy's like, oh, yeah, like, 24s. And it was like... It was he was took the name off the, the cup of like soda that he's drinking. <laughs> um, so so he's like, yeah, he's like, if I'm gonna do this, I want to pick my partner. So he's like, they go down to Barstow, and that's where we're introduced to Roman Pierce, who is Tyrese's character. He is um, driving in a demolition derby. Uh, I think Jody's the only one in this uh, episode that's been to a demolition derby. So it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I. I was very surprised when I went and I was like, wow, this was actually a ton of fun. But Tyrese was, he seemed a lot like uh, Machine Gun Joe from our Death Race episode. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, I I have a question. Like, so Paul Walker's background, was he like a, a street racer prior to the first movie? Uh, I don't know. It gets a little fuzzy because I feel like in the first movie, it's portrayed as like he learned to street race to go undercover. 
Right. But then this movie, it makes it seem like he was always a street racer. Like him and Tyrese were straight street racers in Bar- Barstow. And they like, yeah, I don't know. I think they fudged that a little bit. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. Like, and the reason why I ask is why would he pick Tyrese? Like what's the, what's Tyrese's qualifications, you know, to be this big street racer. Like I didn't, I didn't understand that part of it. He felt bad because Tyrese went to jail. So he wanted to help him out. Well, you know, and that's a legitimate reason. I, I, I don't get me wrong. You know, not trying to find fault in this film, but uh, <laughs> it just seemed a little weird to me. Like I don't know. It just yeah, didn't make sense. I guess it would. Just, I guess it would just be like he doesn't know a lot of street racers. You know, so he would just remember this guy. I, I, I don't know. Probably I mean, ones it, they recreated in the last movie. So why? Why did he call Vince? <laughs> I don't know. No one wants to hang out with Vince. I mean, you're not wrong. Nobody wants to hang out with him. Vince 5, they'll hang out with him. Why didn't we call Jesse? Oh. Oh, all right. Okay. Okay, moving on. So, so, uh, Brian and Roman fight. You know, they have some bad blood, and we'll learn more about it later, but they have some bad bad blood. But, like, ultimately, Roman agrees because they're like, hey, we'll clear your record if you do this for us. And so they go, I had to laugh that... Anything. There's so many. There's a lot of things that date this movie, but Paul Walker's walking around in that West Coast Choppers T-shirt, and I was like, "Yeah." I actually, I have that T-shirt too, by the way. Why are you wearing it? I wear, I wear it to paint it. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that that Tyrese hates sleeves. Yeah, he's (laughs) never wearing sleeves in this movie, and at this point, I have a a note that says sleeveless denim is a bold look because he's wearing like like a denim. Button-up shirt with no sleeves. So. It's like the sleeveless leather jacket we saw. Sorry, one <laughs> sleeve leather jacket. <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, so they find out that Eva Mendez is like the mole that the customs has inside Verone's operations. Um, they get him these nice new cars. Uh, they drive to Verone's house. He does the stare and drive where he's like staring at her and driving and stuff. It seems really dangerous, but anyways. Um so they go, they go to Verone's house, and it's basically like an audition. They have a bunch of drivers there. They're like, hey, he's like, hey, my car's impounded. I need you to go and get something important out of the uh, drivers, out of the, the glove box. Um, so they all, like, race off to go do this. Um, I have a note, like, whenever they show, like, the inside of the cars working, and it's like the CGI, it sucks. I hate yeah, it, it so much. And then, like, the one dude in this, like, gets, like, straight up run over by a... In the red car. That guy is dead. 100% that guy's just dead. Yeah, that guy gets, like, boxed in by two semis, and then he gets run over by one. And I'm like, see ya! Like, I love how, like, so Cole Hauser sets up this, you know, audition, and they're driving broad daylight from one location to seemingly miles away. As Which fast they all as knew it, where it was. They all knew where it was. Driving like, as fast as he can. The one guy gets, you know, crashed and, and, and run over. The cops are going to investigate and try and figure out what's going on and, like, <laughs> connect it back to Cole Hauser? I mean, what? I don't understand his plan. Like, it doesn't seem very uh, covert if he wants to stay <laughs> under the radar. Well, I, okay. Can I play, like, devil's advocate and say, like, Maybe he did it like that because he wanted to see, like, who could really avoid the cops. You know, he wanted to make it under terrible circumstances who could actually do it. 
I, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to play devil's advocate. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Um, so I, Jody told me in a separate text that his favorite part is that random Jamaican guy. He's crossing the road and he like stops <laughs> in the middle of the road and then the cars zoom by him. Right, Jody? I was That's like, was that Dougie Fresh? <laughs> wow. Could, could be. Um, so they show, they show up at the impound, impound lot. And I'm like, man, a lot of boats get impounded in Miami because there's like tons and tons and tons of boats. Um, they find the car. They get into the glove box. Uh, James Remar shows up because he thinks that, like, they're running. So he starts, like, shooting at him, and, like, Tyree shoots at him, too, and stuff. Um, they get back. They end up winning. They get back to Barone's house, and it's like, ha, ha, ha. In the package is, like, a cigar and, like, a lighter and a cigar cutter. So it was, like, uh, it wasn't really something that important. Um, well, and then you find out that he owned the um, impound lot. It wasn't even an impound lot. It was just a storage lot. Yeah, so it really was just a test to see how they would perform. So um, they get the job. He wants them to transport something down to the uh, to the Keys. Uh, Roman and Brian, they're still arguing about a bunch of stuff. This is where they go to Tej's garage, and I have a note that says, well, I guess his nickname is Bullet, because that's when the the, the Jim, Jimmy, I think the uh, the yeah, guy is like, what's, what's up? Jimmy. So, also, this is a great part where, like, Ludacris is just sitting there apparently conducting jet ski races. Uh-huh. <laughs> we should try to go to jet ski races. <laughs> uh, I, I also, I had a note that, like, cracked me up because they go and they, some of the lines of this are just so, so stupid. They go and they talk to uh, Ludacris and Suki's there and she's drawing and it's either Paul Walker or Roman's like, that's some autistic shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like sketching a new design for the conference. Uh, I just thought it was pretty funny. Um, uh, so they find out that Barone's like guys, like his bodyguards are following him. Did you like that part where they light the the windshield on fire? Like Tyrese pretends like he's cleaning the windshield, but it gets he sprays like lighter fluid on it, like throws a match on it. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, they go to they meet up with James Remar again, uh, and they kind of argue a lot because what went down with them shooting at James Remar. Uh, Roman eats James James Remar's lunch, which I kind of like. Which, <laughs> what, what, what was that? Was it a sandwich? Was it a burrito? What did you guys think that it was his a lunch was? Oh, it was a burger. It? Yeah, it was oh, a burger. Okay. Dexter's dad was kind of a dick in this. Yeah, he wasn't great. But they, you know, they, and we'll get to it, but they hugged it out at the end. Um, they also use words like, <laughs> I have a note that just says, cuz, homie, be better movie. <laughs> <laughs> call each other cuz and homie, and it's like, I get it, it's a sign of the times, but still. Um, so, uh, they decide that they need, like, they think they're gonna get kind of boned, so they're like, well, we might need, like, an exit strategy. So, they have a drag race with the, um, with two of the guys that were also, uh, auditioning for Verone, and they have these, like, big, like, muscle cars, you know, yeah. like American muscle cars. So they organize a street race with them, and they're like, we're going to race for cars. So the loser loses their cars. Um, and, like, they're losing really bad. And I was like, I they couldn't are. remember. I couldn't remember. I was like, how are they going to win this? Cause, but it's like, because it's like one people go down and come back, and then the other person goes, it's like tag team. But, like, Brian basically does this chicken thing with the guy, and the guy, like, runs off the road. So he's able to catch up to him. Um and they, they, they win. There's more bad CGI. Um, so they drive off with the cars. They go to the club because they're meeting Verona at the club. That's where uh, Tyree says that it's a oasis here. <laughs> 
which I said ug to, but um so they're at the club, they're talking to Verone more. Um so they they call in this crooked cop, the guy from Batman Begins, and they're like, Well, we need a window so we can move this drugs, and he's like, Nah, I'm not gonna do it. So he like holds him down on the table, he puts a rat on his stomach, he puts a bucket over the rat, and then he starts heating up the rat. And he's like, Well, this is what I don't know. He's like, well, rats can chew through a uh, steel drain pipe. I'm like, can rats chew through steel drain pipes? I guess I don't know a lot about rats. But it's, but it ba- basically what he's insinuating is that if he heats it up enough, the rat's going to chew through the guy's stomach to get out of there. Yes, it was really kind of sadistic. Like, it was, yeah. uh, Cole House is a bad guy in this. Like, they do a yeah. good job portraying him being just a complete asshole. When I was oh, yeah. watching, I was watching and... This is the only part Avery came out for. She's like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, well, you see. And she's like, I don't like that. And I was like, you should go then. But could it, could a rat eat through your stomach? Yeah. I feel they could. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I've, I mean, RBJ rats, is the rat expert. Rats, I don't know if they can eat through steel pipes. <laughs> but, I mean, they can certainly chew through, like, wood and, like, drywall and stuff. So I don't right. see why they wouldn't be able to chew through flesh. I mean, they can they can mess your stomach up, that's for sure. Well, yeah, it wasn't pleasant, I'm sure. Oh, either way, it's going to be bad. Okay. Now, granted, so, I don't know how long it would take, but um. <laughs> so so he he relents and he agrees to give them their window. Um, I do have a note that says, "Why does why does Brian always kiss Suki hello? He's always kissing Suki hello. Yeah, it's weird. But he sees her like." Suki's Teja's girlfriend, right? Is that the thing? I don't know about that. Like, I can't, I couldn't figure it out. And you're right. They're always like, they're very close in a weird way. (laughs) And I don't know why. Obviously, this gets back to how long he's been there. We don't really know. But yeah, it's kind of, it was, it was a little uncomfortable for me. Um, so Eva Mendes shows up at the boathouse. (laughs) I forgot to mention that uh, Paul Walker lives in a boathouse in this movie. But anyways, and she's like, hey, heads up, Verone's going to kill you when the run's done, so you shouldn't do it. Um, and they tell James Remar this, and James Remar's basically like, ah, I don't care, you should do the run anyways. Yeah, uh, you guys are acceptable, basically. I did write, yeah. Dexter's dad's like, no way, we're calling it off, fuck it, I don't care if they're going to kill you. Yeah, he's like, die, it's like, you called off, you're going to go to jail, so, ooh. So they, they, there's a montage about them getting their cars ready, you know, because they're getting this big plan together about how they're going to get, how they're going to escape and get away and all this stuff. They have like an afternoon to plan all this. Yes, yeah, they don't they have a lot of time. All the cars, they have like an afternoon. They get a lot real. They get a lot done. They get a lot done. Well, I mean, they, let's they do have this. They do have uh, Tej's super advanced uh, garage at their disposal. So he hacked all those people's minds. Clearly. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the next couple of minutes, they build ejector seats in the two of the cars. <laughs> yeah. Not well. Um, no, but uh, so uh, Brian and Roman, they kind of have a moment where they, you know, they apologize for the stuff in the past and they, they kind of make up and they're not going to fight anymore. And this, this Jody is where I have a note that says, man, Roman hates sleep. Um, so the day of the run shows up, they go, the money is in the wall of a trailer in a trailer park, I guess. You gotta um, hide it somewhere. Which, so, by the way, then, trailer park walls, I don't think are drywall. Just a heads up. Pretty sure they're prefab and they're probably made of plastic. So that wall was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, so anyway, so uh, Batman begins cop. He decides, you know what? Forget it. And he doesn't give him the window and he calls the cops in. So the cops are after him. They're chasing him down the road. I would say a lot of cops get seriously injured in these chases. Oh, yeah. They're really bad at they're really bad at driving. They keep crashing into stuff. Um, there's some more stuff with those fake PSDs, the things that take out. Uh, apparently, they can take out electronics wherever they're shot in your car because they shoot the one that's like on his side, like in a side door, and it's still shutting down his. Brian has like climb out the window while still pressing down the gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was impressive. The that goon was... with him can't drive. So <laughs> ridiculous. So they drive to this warehouse. This is part of their plan. They drive in the warehouse. All the cops around the place. The doors open. Boom! Like every single street racer in Miami shows up, and they like they keep calling it a scramble, as if like a scramble is something that happens a lot. Because everyone's like, "It's a scramble," and even the cops are like, "Oh, it's a scramble." And it's, I'm like, "Is that a known term?" Because like everybody seems to know what it is. Maybe it uh, is like maybe it's the same thing they call it when all the street racers flee from the street race. Could be. So okay, here's so what happens is is that Tej and Suki take Roman and Brian's cars like they're like you know Toyota cars and drive off so the cops chase them and they switch. Thank you. Wasn't uh, Roman's car a convertible though? Yes, yeah, convertible Mitsubishi Spider. They put the top up. Okay, Um, I didn't remember. Yeah, they put the top up. Um, So and they switch to the muscle cars and drive off with Roman's guys to the drop. But here. Let me let me ask you this question, okay? So they planned this scramble, okay? But in theory, according to what they knew, they were going to have this window where the cops weren't going to be chasing them. So why did they set up this whole plan to like get away from the cops if the oh. way the plan was? I, the plan wasn't to get away from the cops. The plan was to get away from. So they so initially what was going to happen is they were going to double cross Verone, steal oh, his money and get away, but so their so cars the, were bugged. Oh, that's right. It was so they could lose like the customs and the customs like the guy, right? And then okay, they right. were going to take Verone's money because they thought um, uh, Ava Menda, Ava Mendez. They thought, uh, yeah, they thought she was in on. She had turned like she was in on, you know. Verone's, she was part of Verone's team, basically. Right. Okay, so anyways, uh, what ends up happening is that, like, uh, they James Remar tries to catch Verone at the airport, but they switched, and he's not at the airport. So they go to the real drop site, that's where uh, Tyrese uses the, and he's like, Ejecto Cito! Or something like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a feeling it's probably offensive, so. Yeah, so uh, something mildly offensive. Um, so, uh, they arrive and, like, they're gonna take the money out of the boat and I'm like, Verone's outfit in this last scene is, like, these, like, this, these flowy white dress pants and, like, this, like, billowy, like, dress it's a, shirt. It's like, a linen suit he's wearing. Which is, like, it's a Miami thing. Like, linen suits are a total Miami thing. Alright, fair enough. It's so ridiculous. Um, Verone kind of is like, hey, I know that uh, Eva Mendez is the, the mole because she's the only one I told about the airport. Um, it looks like they're going to kill Paul Walker, but uh, Roman shows up and saves him. They're like, we got to get Verone. Oh, go ahead. I have a question. Why would Verone take Eva Mendez onto the boat? He knows she's dirty. Why doesn't he just kill her and Brian right there, right then? I think what we're supposed to believe is that like 
he they painted him as being kind of like not like uh, LBJ said, kind of a horrible person. So I think we're supposed to believe like when he was like, go down, go below, I'll be down there, man. Like he was going to do some bad stuff to her. Like, I think he was just kind of yeah. like a twisted person. Like, I think I think that's why they introduced the element of the whole rat in the in the bucket thing to be like, he's kind of sadistic. So he like felt really he was really betrayed because she was a mole the whole time. So I think she he wanted to do something more horrible than just shoot. I was like, is this one of those things where the bad guy should have taken the easy way? <laughs> well, yeah, killed him and gotten away. So, um, okay, so they they get in the car and they, um, I don't know, I'll just say it, they jump the car into Verone's boat. Yeah, <laughs> there's really no other way to put this. Uh, just like, it, it's funny because I'm watching it right, and this is my thought process. I remember watching it and being like, "Wow, that's that's crazy." They crashed a car into a boat. That's and now I'm like, that's pretty tame as far as this franchise is concerned. Like, yeah. then jumping a car into a boat is like, that, that seems like something that you could actually do. Well, here's uh, the crazy part. Is they did do it, and they were set up to try three times, but they nailed it on the first take. And they're like, that's it. We don't even need to do it again, because they did it so great <laughs> the first time. That is crazy that they actually did that. Yeah. As they were getting ready to do it, uh, Roman says... That's some real Dukes of Hazard shit. <laughs> so when are we doing the Dukes of Hazard movie? Oh, boy, <laughs> um, so they crash on the boat. Uh, they catch Marone. Um, they get clean records. I do like the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, there's only three bags of money. But then, like, Roman kind of has these, like, ah, you know what? And he gives them the bag of money they need his trunk. So him and James Remar are kind of cool. Um but then it uh, it ends up that like they both like pocketed money yeah. from the from the uh, 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 from the bags. And here here's a question I have for you guys, which is like maybe you can explain this to me. Carter Barone, he lives at the end of this movie. He gets arrested. How has he never shown back up in one of these other Fast and Furious movies? Right? They love to bring people back. I How wrote a note. Been? I was like Carter Barone, Fast Nine. Come yeah, well, maybe. I don't know if the only reason why now it might not happen is because he's so tied to Paul Walker's character in the franchise. And since, you know, like, right, that's true. It makes sense. It it would be harder now. Maybe he wants to come and kill Mia. Maybe. Or, I mean, like he could be going, I mean, they could do it. I'm surprised they haven't. It would have made more sense before Paul Walker passed to bring him back. But it is just surprising about everything they bring back in this franchise and that he's never come back. Yeah. I, I just thought that was interesting because I was like, oh, he gets killed in this movie. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, he doesn't. So, um, but that's question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Tyrese, he ejects his goon and he meets up with Jimmy. He has three bags of cash in his car. Why does he just jam some down his pants? Why doesn't Jimmy take some of that cash? Like, he I take half the cash out of each bag. I think it would, uh, I mean, again, I hate to try and defend things like this, but I think, I think it was supposed to believe, like, he was in, like, such a panic that Brian wasn't there that he just, like, took right off immediately when he found out he wasn't there because he wanted, because he knew something was wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I thought the same thing, too, because I was like, I forgot that he gave the money back, and I was like, oh, he gave that money to Jimmy, and that, and then, that's so what anyway. I figured. But I guess not. But anyways, Joe, Joe Budden's pump it up plays, and... We get a really long extended CGI car racing credit sequence, and that's it. That's the end. Yeah. That's remember, it. Remember, 
Remember how Eva Mendes' character ra- randomly shows up in the post credit scene for the fifth Fast and Furious movie? Yeah, just out of nowhere. And then what's weird is she's connected to – is she supposed to be connected to Sh- to Hobbs? Or is Probably it just – because she shows up and gives Hobbs the uh, file, right? In the post yeah, I think it's just—I think it's just supposed to be like they're both in like law enforcement or whatever. All I don't right, know. so they're not part of the same team. So I was gonna say, why doesn't she show up in Hobbs and Shaw? But I guess that makes sense if she's not really part of it. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. Um, but yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the end of the movie. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, we talked about like quite a few of the things that I had kind of uh, earmarked here to talk about. Um, I have one role reversal. Oh, okay. What is it? So, uh, obviously, uh, Ludacris eventually got the part, but it was originally offered to Redman. I saw that. Due to scheduling conflicts, he didn't. He couldn't take the part. Um, I think it would have been way worse with Redman. Yeah, I mean, but I I think this is one of those ones that's hard now because Ludacris has gone on to be in so many movies in the franchise that it's hard to imagine him not being in that role. So I think that it's a difficult one because he's been in so many movies since then. So I saw one other reversal. Okay. I saw they thought about 50 Cent as Tyrese. Oh, weird. As Roman. I think that would have been terrible too. Yes, I do as well. Yeah, I, I like Tyrese. Like, I think, honestly, I think that the, the worst acting in this is probably Paul Walker. Ooh, I don't know. I think Devin Aoki's pretty bad. Oh, Devin Aoki's terrible. You're right. I apologize. <laughs> Devin Aoki's bad. But I would say of the main cast, she's very secondary. I would say of the main cast, I would say Paul Walker is really not great in this. It's, I know. It's, you know not, not to kick a man while he's down, but... Uh, <laughs> Way down. I saw this was like the lowest rated. Yeah. The worst rated Fast and Furious movie. But... It's so important to all the other ones. It really introducing is. Introducing Ludacris and Tyrese. You're yeah. right. I, I agree. I was like, this is way more important than Tokyo Drift. <laughs> yeah, which, man, I'm telling you, it's a hard watch. Like, Tokyo Drift, uh, maybe I'll go back and rewatch it, but. I think it gets better as it goes on. Although, I, great. Although I did hear that the the fast the fast nine the one that's been forever delayed that it is going to have Bow Wow and the uh, guy from the third one in it. Yes, the Drift yeah. King. Yeah, I can't think of his name, Sean or whatever, in the movie, but I hear that they're both in the uh, the new one. But yeah, anyways, I did read it would be kind of interesting. I don't know if you saw this. They said they're one of the uh, versions or drafts of the screenplay. They had that like James Remar's character was going to turn out that he was like in cahoots with uh, Verone the whole time, like he was. In his pocket, that could have been kind of interesting. I think it could have been. Yeah. Um, I also read an interesting fact that this is the last Fast and Furious movie to be released on VHS. But being as it's only the second one, so it's, I guess there <laughs> wasn't like there were a lot of them. Uh, it also is. This is another stupid thing too. The way it words these things because it's like, well, it's only the second one in the franchise, but it's like the first Fast and Furious movie that have no major character deaths, and it's like, all right, well, there was only one other movie <laughs> before it. I mean, I guess if we count the preceding, you know, the after, you know, the ones that came out afterwards, yeah. But... I think that's what they do. I think that's that's what it is. They're counting all of them. Okay. Well, then there you go. So, um, but yeah, you're right. Really... This one's relatively tame, like as far as as far as drama and pathos kind of go. This was a pretty innocuous film. Right. Well, and I and I still think it's important to note at the time, or I would assume at the time that they 
they, they, they're like, well, this is a sequel to a fairly successful movie that didn't cost us a lot. Like, I, I don't think they knew at this point still what the Fast and Furious franchise is going to be, you know? like That's true. They, did, they didn't know that they were, like, building mythology when they made this movie. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I talked about everything I had. I don't know if you guys have anything else you wanted to mention or... Did you guys see the interesting fact about uh, Verone's house? Yes, I did. Oh, well, it, was, it was uh, owned by Sylvester Stallone, right? Yeah, he let him shoot there for free because he was friends with uh, the director, I think. John Singleton? That's kind of nice. cool. Yeah. Too bad he didn't make a cameo. It was a nice was, house. What kind of cameo would he have made in this movie? Huh. Like an ATF agent or like uh, maybe someone partying? Maybe he does secretly make a cameo in here and nobody knows. Could be. Maybe he's in the club. He's at the Oasis. The Oasis. Maybe he's at the Oasis. <laughs> Maybe he's one of Varun's goons that just stands in the background. He could be. You know what? That'd be kind of funny. There's just a shot where he forgot to leave the house and he's just like watching TV in the back. He's like... <laughs> All right. Uh, we ready to write this thing? I think so, yeah. Here we go. All right. So, Jody, being the guest, you get to go first or pick one of us. You know the rules. You've been here before. You're not new. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it as a movie in a while, but I do remember watching it. I enjoyed the whole franchise pretty much. So, it's not the best Fast and Furious movie by far. It gets It's not nearly as insane as they get and not as good as they get. But I think I'm going to give this one... Three of Verone's uh, fancy cigar cutters that Verone <laughs> tried to steal about four times. <laughs> Pockets aren't empty, cuz. Uh, <laughs> what about you, LPJ? Uh, I'm right with you. Um, being, being that this was really the first time I've seen it all the way through, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I have, you know, not a ton of issues with it. It's definitely, it's like, um, it's almost like a prototype for what comes later on. Which makes sense because it is, you know, obviously the second movie in a large franchise. But, um, you know, it is kind of like a, it's kind of like a, almost like a heist where they're trying to get away with something else in the background while it is still a street racer movie. Um, but it's kind of silly and over the top, but not as over the top as it eventually gets, you know. So it, you're right. I'd say it's about a three. I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, but I, and I definitely enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it as much as I do like Fast Five or Fast Seven or, or whatever it is, Fast and Furious Seven, um, or, or those films. Uh, but yeah, definitely a three. Why do you hate uh, Fast Six? I don't hate Fast Six, <laughs> but I like. But I remember liking. I remember liking um, Fast Five a lot and Seven a lot. I don't really like. I remember Six, but I don't remember enough about it to make a call on it. Um, you know, I I'm not. I'm not too far away from you guys. I think you guys are being a little, a little generous as this movie. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think it's a bad watch. I mean, it's a fine movie. I think it, it, in the standing of the franchise, I think it's one of the the bottom ones in this in this in this franchise. I think it's and the first one suffers from this too, but I think it feels really dated. And I don't know, I it's fun, but I I don't a hundred percent love it. I'm going to go with two and a half for this one. Uh, it's definitely watchable, but I, I it, it's not. Definitely not. Like I said, I always remember it being better than it is, I think. And then I watch it. I'm like, that's it's fine. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. Um, all right. Well, 
there's that. Um, so, uh, Joe, um, what, uh, you want to do some plugs? I mean, I would like to hear you do some plugs. You want to hear me do some plugs? <laughs> so, uh, we are, of course, the Last Action Podcast here in the GameZilla Media Network, coming to you every Monday. Uh, we've got the GameZilla Podcast. They record live, actually, on Mondays, and then release the episode on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, my second favorite podcast, Noobs and Dragons, starring me. Uh, heads up, we're in the home stretch. There's not a lot left of our show. I keep Can saying I interrupt that every for a minute? Week, because... Yes. I feel you've been saying that for six months now. <laughs> well, you know what? As of, I will say this. Bit of a spoiler alert. As of this recording right now today, we've only got about five episodes left that we're recording total. And then the whole thing will be done. So there's about, there might be ten episodes left to be released as of this recording, and five of which we still have to record. So... We're get, we are very much in the home stretch, so hang in there if you have it. If you're listening, I hope you're enjoying it, uh, and then keep listening because it's all coming to an end soon. Uh, and then we've also got Legend of Retro on Thursdays, which actually I was a recent guest on this past April Fool's Day episode. I was on talking about Skyrim, um, and it was fun. Uh, I got another episode coming up, which we we'll hear next week, maybe. And um, and then we got lots of streamers. We have uh, all kinds of stuff for you to check out. GameZillaMedia.com. There's plenty of stuff there for you to check out. Uh, and then we've also got our Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia. Donate a buck. You get a few extra things like uh, the uh, our extra show that we have that takes place across all of uh, the podcasts. And then for five bucks a month, you get our extra show the post credit scene, as well as the extra shows for all of the individual podcasts. Uh, recently, we talked about underrated action films. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll come up with something for April. We haven't decided yet, but it'll be something great. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Uh, so, current patrons, we appreciate you, and uh, thank you for donating. Uh, it really helps us out. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to chat with us, you can chat with us on any, any social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. But Discord is really the best way to talk to us. Go to, go to GameZillaMedia.com. Our Discord link is at the bottom of the page. Join it. Chat with us. We're always on there. We're always chatting with people. We're always talking about things. I'm constantly getting made fun of and berated for my opinions and uh, for not liking uh, Mighty Ducks or wanting to talk about and, it. Yeah, and, and Jody's on the Discord as well. You can find him under his clever handle of Jody. It's really easy to if identify. It's what I go by on the show, it's what I go by on Discord. <laughs> and in life. I do remember when I was, someone's someone's like, so what's your Discord handle? And I was like, Jody? <laughs> if, if you want to hit if you want to hit uh, Jody up in the Discord, he hangs out in the food channel a lot. He's always uh, got stuff going on in there. So. The food channel's the best channel on there. <laughs> that's what I hear. I'm not Lots in there of tasty enough. stuff. <laughs> yeah, but that's I, got a, I got a Last Action podcast to make fun of Nostler, LPJ, and uh Tell movies he should do that he won't do. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, although I, I will say this: we're we're transitioning. All of our car-related movies are going to be on Fast Action po- po- Podcast. <laughs> so fast Action Podcast. All of your racing uh, podcast movie needs. Um, I like it. Oh, we can do Baby Driver. Yes. Yeah, I can't yeah, like that movie. Do Baby Driver. <laughs> we can do. We can do Drive Angry. 
Oh, we can do uh, Need for Speed. Yeah, we can do Need for We can do Biker Boys. We'll uh, do Mad Max Fury Road again. Just there for you fun. go. And we'll, we'll just transition it over to, let, to to fast action podcasts. Uh, oh, yeah. This is, this is going to be good. Uh, and then you guys can obviously take over on Laugh Action Podcast and do your, your action comedies all you want. Uh, don't expect me to show up, but uh, yeah. That. And don't forget, don't forget the other one that we're we're launching the last action sportscast where we talk about sports movies. Sports movies, yeah. So, yep. I like that idea. That's so a good one. You're gonna get the Mighty Ducks movies. You're gonna get uh, uh, Air Bud Golden Receiver. You're gonna get blue uh, chips. Blue chips. The program. The program. Yeah. Uh, for love of the game, which is gonna be kind of a downer. Uh, yeah. All those. All those. So we're gonna uh, watch. What was that Keanu Reeves movie where he's the baseball coach? The Replacements? Hardball. Oh, Hardball. Hardball. Oh, this is a movie my brother said he cried at. <laughs> wow. He, clearly, he's going to be the guest. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Jody, thanks for being here. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. I would like to plug the year of the sequel. You can go back to the not year of the sequel and listen to Young Guns 2. <laughs> You're right. Yep. Good point. We still have not I, done the first movie yet. There's no I mean, point. Young Guns 2 is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you hates, change. Jody hates the original. Um, but yeah, that is true. It is It is uh, not in the year of the sequel, but we did do that sequel, and it was a fun episode. If you want to hear about how we used to play Young Guns when we were kids, so it, it was a good time. Yeah, I'm still a little hurt by your, uh, your subtle racism on that. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. fit the part. Clearly. I had to be I had to be docked because I had glasses. You don't hear me complain about that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, anyway, uh, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>